right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 157 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please consider subscribing. And if the app you're using to listen to this show allows you to rate the show, please consider giving a four-star or five-star rating for the show. What this does is this helps the algorithm so that when someone is searching for a podcast related to weight loss, the Ranting Weight Watcher will show up higher on the list and uh, will enable them to find me easier. Most of all, if you want to support this podcast, the best way you can support this podcast is by literally telling anyone who will listen about the podcast. Anyone you know that's in the same position we are in, somebody who's fighting for their health week after week, someone who's struggling, someone who needs the truth about what it really takes to be in a healthy weight loss journey. I have lots to talk about today. Let's get into this. Journey updates. I am up this week 0.2 pounds. For the month of September, I am down 2.6 pounds so far. Total loss since January 2019, 171 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 175-pound milestone is 4 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone is 29 pounds. So I am in week five of phase three in my quest to lower carbohydrate intake and raise protein and fat intake. Week five was a fail basically for the whole week. It was a really bad week. When you add the Labor Day weekend, it kind of continued straight into the week where I was eating heavier than normal. In fact, you'll see my averages were closer to where I started back in April when I started this process than they were closer to my goals, okay? The beginning calorie average was 2,652 calories. Week 22 calorie average is 2,590 calories. My goal calorie average is 2,300. The baseline protein average was 188 grams 
per day. Week 22 protein average is 235 grams per day. And the goal protein average is 229 grams per day. In the beginning, the carb average was 406 grams per day. The week 22 average was 252 grams per day. But the phase three goal is supposed to be 175 grams per day. So I'm almost 100 grams over where I should be. The beginning fat average was 45.8 grams per day. The week 22 fat average is 81 grams per day. And the goal for phase three is 90 grams per day of fat. So I'm still a little under there. So I was over on calories, over on protein, over on carbs, but under on fat. So we went up 0.2. I guess if you ask me, I would say that's a blessing in disguise. I also have told you numerous times, just because the scale didn't respond the week that you did the transgression doesn't mean it's gonna it's not gonna respond later, right? So the corrections have been made. I'm back where I should be for this week, and we move forward. And that's all you really can do. There are going to be bad weeks in your life and your ability to recognize a bad week and to move forward from it and actually make the correction from it is going to be entirely up to you. I want to talk a little bit today about some of the really, really hard moments in my lifetime in regards to my health. So I'm going to go back in time and I'm, I'm, I've told these stories a number of times, but I promise you it's all to get around to a a certain point here, okay? In my 20s, my obesity was at an all-time high. And it got to the point where I was pushing myself into a life-or-death situation. I walked around acting as if I was invincible and my health started deteriorating. I spent a lot of time in in and out of hospitals because I had such poor circulation in my right leg that I would get cellulitis all the time. Um, But the scale continued to go up. I didn't change anything about the way I was dealing with life. I just kept going in the cycles I was going in because in my mind, food is what made me happy. And it was just that simple. I had deluded myself to believing that it was what was necessary to make me feel happy. The scale climbed and it climbed and it climbed. And in those days... I didn't know. I wasn't actively stepping on a scale. I was so heavy that we didn't own a scale that I could step on in my home. So I only knew how much I weighed when I was in a hospital or in a doctor's office. That was the only way I knew. Things got really, really bad. And the thoughts of 
gastric bypass start to come into my life. There were recommendations of see this physician, see that physician, all these things. I start, you know, exploring. I end up choosing a physician in White Plains, New York, by the name of Dr. Homan. The first time I walked into his office, there was the first really, really hard moment. Until you face the truth of any situation, you can live under whatever delusion you allow yourself to live under. We do this in multiple ways. It doesn't have to just do with the scale. We tell ourselves, like, I know what a cup of this looks like. I know what a pound of that looks like. And, and we, we delude ourselves into thinking that we know without having to break out tools what something looks like. All of this is guided in delusions and laziness because the reality is we over or underestimate in everything. We underestimate what goes in our tracker because when you really start facing the truth as I have recently with looking at things on a macro level, you start to realize of how many, how many delusions you actually believe. You start to realize that really quickly. And, you know, throughout the 80s and maybe even the 90s, there was the whole idea that a calorie is a calorie. And it didn't matter what kind of food the calories came from, that the simple way to lose weight was calories in, calories out. They totally disregarded the nutritional aspect of food. They got a bunch of people in this world to believe that it didn't matter what you put in your mouth because they're all calories. I've told you numerous times that I've compared the body to a car's engine. You can feel like putting gasoline in the car, but the car needs oil. What do you think the car is going to do? It made you happy to put gas in the car, though. You could feel like putting a new battery in the car, but the car needs new tires. What do you think is going to happen when you do what you feel like doing? At some point, maybe not right away, the car will stop running because you kept doing what you felt like doing versus what was needed to be done. The body is very much the same way. Because we've been told by such professionals in this world that a calorie is a calorie, we've lived under delusions because these professionals told us this, that the calories from essentially Doritos is exactly the same as the calories that come from grilled chicken and that the nutritional aspect of whatever nutrients come from grilled chicken have absolutely nothing to do. As long as you stay below a certain calorie intake, you'll lose weight. I'm sure this is true. I know it to be true because 
when they gave me gastric bypass, when I stepped on that scale, I faced that hard situation in that surgeon's office. I saw that my weight was higher than it had ever been, higher than I ever dreamed it would be. My delusions ended that day as to how big I actually was. I stood on that scale and I was 460 pounds. All the delusions were gone. So everything goes into place. I do all of the things necessary to approve me to have this gastric bypass surgery. All of the things. I do all the steps. I do everything that's required of me. My surgery is approved. I never changed what I was eating. The foods I picked once I was all healed up were foods that had zero nutritional value. They pleased my tongue a whole lot. And I ate a whole lot less of them because I physically altered my body. So because I hadn't changed what I was eating, I only changed the amount I was eating, I lost weight. I lost a lot of weight. I lost almost 200 pounds in the first year. Whatever you get away with only lasts so long. So the delusions I lived under, because I never made these corrections, eventually came to an end. My body didn't receive the nutrients it needed. And now knowing what I know now, I also know that during that time, my body was taking those nutrients from the muscle that was already in my body. And the overwhelming majority of the weight that I lost at that time was muscle, not fat. A year later, 183 pounds lighter, I could honestly tell you I lost more muscle than I lost fat. Because when I was eating post-op, I was eating a whole lot less food. And I, on top of eating a whole lot less food, I was eating food that had almost zero nutritional value. So my body sought the nutrients it needed in other ways. Making me worse off a year later on a body fat percentage level than I would have been had I done things the right way. Still, the behavior doesn't change. And now, because my body reaches the point where, I'm sorry, can't lose any more weight, not unless you start changing how you eat, I start blaming the lack of success on a plateau, uh, using all kinds of words that explain away why the scale is no longer moving. That only worked for so long because eventually the scale started to creep upward 
And even though I was eating much less food, because I didn't change what I was eating, the scale climbed. And I allowed myself to live in delusions that I wasn't gaining weight. And I did that for 15 years. Now, many times during that 15-year time period, many of the friends and family and whoever else had something to say about how I looked because it was obvious I was gaining weight. There was really no denying it. And I explained it away and I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm the same way I was. I just, I'm just in a plateau where clearly you could see the size difference. So 15 years later, 2019, I had to face another hard truth. Another one of the hardest moments of my life. And that was the realization that I probably was as close to being back to having gained all of the weight as I ever would be. There was no longer any denying it. And on that day, my 41st birthday, January 2019, I stepped on the scale and saw the number 403. That was a very difficult day. During that week, a lot of things went through my head. I knew I had to do something, but what was that thing? And it had to be different. It had to be different than any other time I've ever attempted anything. Because this time I actually had to do the right thing. My only other option at the time was to get a revision surgery. And I knew in my head that a revision surgery would not fix I knew in my head that a revision surgery would not fix me in 2019 if it didn't fix me in 2004. Because I had the same issues in my mind in 2019 that I had in 2004 and the overwhelming 15 years of gaining was proof of that. All of these things played in a part in those seven days. A week later, as you guys know, on January 12th, I stepped into Weight Watchers. I knew what I was about to embark on would be extremely difficult. At that moment, it was the last thing I cared about was how difficult it would be. I had some kind of notion in my head of how difficult it would be. And every step along the way, I discovered that I really had no clue 
how difficult this life would be. So I had to start doing the hard thing. Instead of facing the hard thing, I had to start doing the hard thing. So on the day that I walked in to WW, I was presented with an idea that the most successful people of Weight Watchers do these three things. Tracking, weighing and measuring, moving. It was my first decision that I had to make of something hard to do. For whatever reason, I didn't think that I would be able to exercise. So my first decision was to track and weigh and measure. These were the things I was going to concentrate on until I believed it was time to start moving. That was January. At the end of August in the same year, I was being presented with the 50-pound charm. I had lost 50 pounds simply by changing what I eat, tracking what I eat, and weighing and measuring what I eat. On the day that I got that charm, I was faced with my next decision to do something harder. I have said often that the journey is filled with levels. And every single level you reach comes with a decision to change. You have to change the way you do stuff in order to succeed at the next level. This next level for me was when I hit that 50-pound charm. For whatever reason, I had believed it wholeheartedly. I would not get to 100 without introducing exercise now. I made it to 50 without exercise. But in order to get the next 50, I had to implement exercise. It was shortly after that I came up with a scheme of how I was going to introduce exercise into my life. And I have explained to you how I done, have done that many, many times. Inadvertently, this became the method of introducing literally everything I do. The next time I felt a change needed to be made was when I hit the 150-pound charm. Essentially, the way I ate stayed the same from hitting the 50-pound charm all the way to the 150-pound charm. I had introduced exercise into my life. I did it in a way that was sustainable, and I did it with an, a way that, was, that would stick with me. I would not quit. And I was eating exactly what I was eating continually. Anything that got me up to the 50-pound charm, I was still eating and so on. The only time I made changes to what I was eating was when I lost a certain amount of points. Because I lost those points, I had to reduce something. 
So either I would change to a different version of something or something else, but I never changed the amount of food I was eating. I always made it perfectly clear that this I was eating this amount of food. I was just changing the point values that needed to be changed. And how did I do that without changing the amount of food? I would substitute. So instead of choosing at that time period, for a good portion of that time period, there were things like cottage cheese and yogurt that were zero points. So I chose those things and kept going to reduce the point intake, but keep the amount of food the same. And slowly but surely, as I kept losing points, anything that could change from a pointed food to a zero point food, one by one became a zero point food. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, 
When times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. When I hit the 150-pound charm, I didn't realize it right away. Like, when I hit the 50-pound charm, I knew right away that I had to make a change in my life and introduce exercise or I would not achieve much else. But when I got the 150-pound charms, I didn't realize it right away. And I spent 10 months going up and down for between 149 pounds lost and 155 pounds lost. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Because I didn't realize it. It took me randomly looking back because I wanted to see when it was that I achieved the 150-pound charm. That was in June. So April of this year, or two months away from it being a full year that I was at the 150-pound range and had basically lost nothing. Because I'm wanting to know when I got the 150-pound range, this is when I discovered I had basically been maintaining for a year. Now, many of you would say, wonderful, you learned how to maintain. You can say, I learned how to maintain if I could honestly say I could replicate what I did. I can't honestly say I can replicate it, so I will never pretend that I know how to maintain. Even if I went to the higher averages before I started making this transition back in April, I don't know that that would cause me to maintain. Now, because especially I've lost additional weight since implementing these ideas. This was a hard pill to swallow in April. I then had to come to another hard decision of something I needed to do. I had been doing the plan exactly as instructed basically the entire time. I had done my experiments in the past with choosing to purposely eat activity points. I did all kinds of things to kind of push the boundaries of WW. So when I got to this charm, the 150 charm, and then I, here I am 10 months later and had gone any, hadn't gone anywhere, I had to look and see, look, I'm doing everything to the book. I'm doing everything how I have always done it. And this is when I realized something needed to change. Something needed to evolve in order to get to that next level. And I had a hard decision to make. But I didn't know what decision to make. And I'm not into guesswork. I'm sure you guys know that if you've been listening to me for any amount of time. I hate guessing my way through anything. Every choice I've ever made from the beginning of this has been thought out methodically and implemented in a way that I can gauge success. Literally every step of the way. Except now, I didn't know what to implement. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't sure of anything. I couldn't see a way to change except to decrease the amount of food. But I was within points. This is when I began to say, maybe what I need is knowledge, not 
changing the foodie until I have knowledge. And I decided to read Unlock Your Macro Type. When I finished the book, it became a plan to implement the book's teachings. The book recommends a certain recipe of nutrients for anyone's body. Anybody who reads the book, the book is geared toward women. I fully believe that every woman on this planet should read that book. There's a lot of talk of menstrual cycles. There's a lot of talk of hormones. There's a lot of talk of so many things that might help you guys get through whatever difficulties you get through. But I read it anyway. I read it because I wanted to know about the nutrient aspect. The woman that wrote the book was concentrating on women, but that doesn't mean that I had nothing to learn from it. And essentially, I did learn from it. I learned that there is a belief that there are three different kinds of body types. And in addition to that, there are about five different kinds of macro types. Depending on which body type you had, you could fall into any one of those macro types. And the only difference between each one was basically the recipe of nutrients. If you're this macro type, eat more protein, less carbs, more fat. If you're this macro type, eat more carbs, less protein, you know, and it goes so on. Every single one had a certain recipe by percentage, what nutrients to take more of and what nutrients to take less of. Based on the questionnaire that came with the book, I scored a high protein, high fat, low carb diet. And this is when I decided to test where I was currently. And when I read you earlier, those baseline numbers, I created that week on purpose and I had to face a hard truth. I went into it thinking I was living a high protein, low carbohydrate lifestyle. And after one week of tracking in a macro type app, I realized that I wasn't living a high, pro- high protein, low carb lifestyle at all. Instead, I was living a high carb, low protein low- lifestyle. Now, you may say, okay, well, the carbs were coming from fruit. The carbs were coming from, the book didn't distinguish a difference. To a diabetic, the carbs that come from a fruit are going to be better than the carbs that come from a cookie. According to the book, regardless of where the carbs came from, I should only eat X amount. So if I chose the the cookie, I would get through that amount much faster than if I chose the fruit. When I discovered initially that I was eating anywhere between four and 500 grams of carbohydrates per day, I knew there was no way I could jump to what the book was recommending of 144 grams per day. I knew it. It would be instant failure if I did that. So I came up with a method of reducing it over time. So when I present to you what phase I'm in, what week I'm in, and all these things, I'm presenting you the results of my quest to lower the amount of carb and raise the amount of protein and raise the amount of fat that I take in according to what the book's recommendation was. Even this has been so highly thought out and so highly planned so that I could gauge success. I am 
pretty close to where the book wants me to be for the majority of the week. In my next phase, phase four, which is two weeks away, I plan to start attacking the weekend. Now, all of this time, the weekends have been basically the way I used to eat. 2,600 calorie average, higher carb average, and all those things. I didn't, I left weekends alone. I just worked on the five-day work week. The reason I did it this way is because when I started WW, I incrementally started switching the foods I ate and I started with the five-day work week. And I said to me myself, here I am at the 150-pound mark and I'm about to start editing the way I eat. And I said, I should do this the same way I edited the way I ate in the very beginning by concentrating on the five-day work week first and leaving the weekends alone. So here I am, and the original plan was to get all of those numbers to be exactly by the book before I started to concentrate on the weekends. I can honestly say it has become very difficult to think of going even lower on the carbohydrates than where I'm averaging these days. I understand this week has been a high week, but this week is an anomaly compared to the other weeks. I'm anywhere between 165 and 173 or 4 grams per day of carbohydrates. And the goal is to get to 144 eventually. I can't see myself going any lower at the moment. So I decided that for phase four, rather than take the next step toward the lower carb, I would maintain the work week exactly as it is. And I would start to attack the weekend. And I'm going to do one day of the two days. That'll be Sunday. Phase four, the entire focus is to make Sunday be exactly like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I will leave Saturday alone. What happens on phase five? I don't know. Maybe I go to start chasing the 144 grams again. I don't know. Not sure. But I know that the next phase, phase four, is going to be concentrating on making this transition for Sundays to be just like Monday through Friday. That would make it so that there's one day of the week where I'm eating somewhere between 2,600 and, say, 2,900 calories and going you know, on the higher carb range and all that. And six days where I'm eating as close to the book as possible. The transition of changing the nutrients, concentrating on the kind of nutrients going into my body, I have to say has been overall successful. I presented all of these things for you today. All of these things were to paint a picture of very difficult decisions that I had to make. It's easy to tell you what I did. It was never easy to do. None of these things that I have done since January 12th, 2019 has been easy to do. 
this entire life that we're trying to live, this healthy lifestyle that we're trying to live, zero of it is easy to do. It's the simplest process on the planet. When you see it logically, do this and do it consistently and you'll get the result you want. That is simple. The implementation of that is going to be the hardest thing you ever do in your life. It has been the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. Every step that I've created along the way here, every level that I have excelled in has given me two things. It has given me lessons to learn to get to fight in the next level. And it also has given me the confidence to move on. But it all started with creating consistency. Do what is easy and your life will be hard. But do what is hard and your life will be easy. This is what I'm trying to get at here. The hardest thing you're going to do is show up for yourself. Everybody knows how to lose weight. Everybody. There's not a person on this planet that doesn't know some way, shape, or form of how to lose weight. I'm not saying it's a good way. I'm just saying there's no way you don't know a way at this point, especially if you're listening to me. The one thing that separates you from what you want are the barriers you place because you aren't willing to let go. When I say let go, I'm not talking about eliminating food from your life. I'm saying every step of my way, I had decisions to make. And the decisions were change this, flip that, go around an extra time in my walk, whatever it is, whatever changes that were made. These were decisions and then implementations of those decisions. None of it was handed to me. I did what was required. And still to this day, as far in as I am at this point, four pounds away from the next milestone of 175, because implementing the rules of this book gave me the progress to move on. And there's people that are interested in the theory of switching to macros because you know they, they i've presented that before as well when you see other people are successful doing something it causes you to want to jump ship and do what they're doing macros look let me just tell you like this if you're not weighing and measuring right now wherever you are if you're not doing that every day every meal consistently you're not going to do it for macros. And if you're not going to do it for macros, you're going to be lost. None of it's going to mean anything. I, when I tell you I put my apple on a scale so I know the nutritional 
composition of that apple, I do it every day. I don't just do it on days that I feel like it. I don't do it on days because the sun is out. I don't do it because I'm happy, sad, mad. None of those things. I do it because it's what I do. In order to track macros, I have to know the nutritional composition of everything that goes in my mouth. Whether that's using a measuring cup or whether it's using the scale at my desk in my office or the scale downstairs in the kitchen. All of it is used every single day. There is no point in even looking at macros if you aren't consistently doing weighing and measuring in whatever method is required wherever you are now. Because in macro world, it's, it's required on everything that goes in your mouth. Everything. If you know you're going to meet a certain recipe of nutrients, you have to know the nutrients of everything going in. The only way to know the nutrients is by weighing every single thing you eat, regardless of how healthy you may perceive it to be. Showing up for yourself is the hardest thing you will do in all of this. Because showing up when you don't feel like it, showing up when no one's there watching and cheering you on, showing up when you don't feel good about yourself, showing up when shit is going on in your life, the healthy lifestyle you've committed to is the last thing you want to think about. It's all still necessary. And showing up for yourself is always going to be the hardest part. And it doesn't matter what day of the week, you have to wake up and show up for yourself every single day. No one can do it for you. I've said that a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand more if I need to. Nobody can do this for you. Tonight, I found myself at an open house for my daughter's school. She's in middle school. I found myself in a classroom sitting at a student desk. And it kind of hit me all at once that when I was a student in middle school, I had to worry about getting to class quickly because there were probably only one or two desks in the whole class that I could sit in and fit. And all the other ones... I would not be able to fit. But tonight, at 45 years old, I fit without hesitation. And this is all because one day, I decided it was time to start showing up for myself. 
You see, there are two different kinds of people in the world. There are people that sit and wait for the motivation to get moving. And then there are people that get moving so they can get motivation. And each of these two people, you decide to be on a daily basis. Every single day, you can be either one. And the choice is simply, are you showing up for yourself today or are you not? Are you doing what is hard or are you doing what is easy? That's the choice. I am here in this position that I could tell you that I sat in a middle school classroom tonight because I decided four and a half years ago to start showing up for myself. All of the choices we've ever made, they are relative to your current situation. If you don't like your current situation in life, it's because of all the choices you've already made. And if you want to get to a different circumstance in life, you need to make some hard choices now to work for that in the future. That is the only way. You do what is hard now so you can live easy later. No one can make you do this. The choice is yours. Start showing up for yourself today. For once in your life, do what it takes, no matter how hard, no matter how difficult it is, and no matter whether you can fathom to how to do it or not. Just do something. And if you can't figure out what to do, do whatever you know, and then figure out the rest later. The important thing is take action for yourself because only you can do this. Only you can fix your life. No one is coming to save you. It's time for you to take charge of your own bad choices, make the hard decision to fix them so that you can live a great life. It's time to live the rest of your life and make it the best of your life. But the only person that can make this choice is you. And that starts with showing up for yourself right now. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.